Airsham started as a way to commercialize an engine. It's a new kind of engine um, that converts electricity to heat and heat to electricity. Hello and welcome to the Hard Tech Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Apo. And sitting across from me today is Andre Kloschko. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Thanks for being here today, Andre. Um, please give us um, a description of your background and tell us about Ethium and the de technology that your company has developed. Yeah, so um, I'm from, uh, I live in France. I'm a physicist by training. I um, completed a PhD in plasma physics uh, back in 2014. Um, after that, I started Aerosium almost right away. So Aerosium isn't my first idea. I had uh, three more uh, ideas before that. Different startups in different uh, sectors, but this is the one that really took off. Uh, by the time I had the idea, two and a half months later, I had my first grant, uh, and then another grant a few months after that. Um, the idea behind Aerosium is really um, to do something about the energy. Um, our world exists because we are able to manipulate energy as we, as we please. And I want you to do something to make that more um, uh, renewable, uh, durable, sustainable. Um, there was something in the world from before, from the 20th century, that just felt wrong to me that we needed to update for us to have some kind of long-term future, really. Okay. Thanks for uh, explaining that. In terms of the technology, can you provide like an overview of of what it is, just generally speaking. Airsham started as a way to commercialize an engine. It's a new kind of engine um, that converts electricity to heat and heat to electricity. This really is the core of what we're doing. That, then, uh, how is it uh, applied in the real world? The main product, the one thing we're building now, is what we call a heat pump. So a heat pump is something that harvests heat somewhere and puts it somewhere else. Just like a water pump can take water from downhill to uphill. Okay. Uh, it's uh, the natural way of, of for water to go is downhill and the, uh, the pump makes it go uphill. Here it's the same, but for heat. Um, so you can heat a house with a heat pump today. Uh, it's three times more efficient than a, a resistor um, instead of natural gas. Uh, so it's an electric heating that is much more efficient than a resistive heating. That's what a heat pump is. And so we apply this for industrial heat, really. Um, so it's to make steam, it's to make hot air, um, any kind of industry. Usually it's food and agro-industry. Uh, they cook things, they boil things, they sterilize things. And they need a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of steam to do that and hot air. So we supply this steam and hot air in a much more efficient and sustainable way. Fantastic. So why is this necessary? I mean, why, why do we all need this type of technology and what's the motivation behind this? There is a very good uh, comic book from, uh, from a guy named uh, Jean-Marc Jancovici. Uh, it's in French, but it's probably been translated by now, which tells about how much energy are humans uh, commanding uh, and how this amount grows over time very quickly. Okay. Um, today, we are using so much energy everywhere, and most of this energy still comes from fossil fuels. Um, fossil fuels are a very efficient source of energy. Then uh, it has two problems. It's limited in time. Eventually, they will run out. Of, of course, uh, it's, a, it's still a long ways from now, but it, it will happen. And then there is the problem of uh, CO2 emissions, how it acidifies the oceans, and how it uh, heats up the climate, uh, how it can 
essentially kill a lot of species by modifying their environment very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, so that's essentially why we're building this to make things more sustainable and less impactful to our biosphere as a whole. Okay. And that's, that's very interesting. So the overall goal of this technology is to reduce to decarbonize the planet, basically. Yes, yes. Um, we start by something which is the, which are those heat pumps in the industry. And uh, th this is because it's a very profitable first market. Uh, uh -huh. Essentially, we are opening a gate between electricity and heat in a very efficient way. Before that, uh, industrial companies had the choice between natural gas and electricity, but only resistors. Okay. Natural gas used to be a lot cheaper, so it made sense. But now, in Europe, Gas will stay expensive for a long time, and uh, carbon tax is coming very fast. Okay. So to them, they actually want to save money. That's their primary driver, uh, yeah. but also to be decarbonized. And those two drivers kind of combine very efficiently now to, to make for a great market for, for those heat pumps. So uh, explain to me, is this technology r available or ready for markets outside of Europe? Uh, it could. Uh, actually, some companies in the U.S. are, are interested. Um, it's just that it's easier for us to, s to sell this when mm -hmm. there is a big carbon tax because then it becomes massive. Then everybody wants it. Uh, whereas here in the U.S. for now, it's going to be brands that rely on their green image okay. to really um, to, to, to sell and to sell at a premium. Just like you buy organic and it's more expensive, but you're okay with it because it's more respectful both of the earth and of your body when you eat it. A few days ago, I was looking at a list of some of the most populated cities, polluted cities, my bad, in the world. And, you know, cities like Los Angeles, yeah. Ho Min Chin, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Ho Chi Minh, um, maybe. Ho Chi Minh, yeah. yeah. My bad, if you're from Vietnam. <laughs> um, but uh, you think it, if this technology was available, say, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and was widely used, this list will be a lot, a lot less shorter, and cities like Los Angeles will be out of it? So it's, it's very specific. There are many causes of pollution. We are addressing a big one where our segment of the market with heat pump is 3% of worldwide CO2 emissions. Uh -huh. So that's already a very, a very big thing. It's $13 billion per year uh -huh. as a market, even though we, this is for a very conservative cost. It could be a lot higher. For Los Angeles and city pollution, there are, there is, there are cars. Mm -hmm. uh, cars are electrified now. Couldn't have, been, couldn't have ha happened before because lithium-ion needed to, to take off. The unit cost of lithium-ion batteries dropped down so many times since they were invented. And mm -hmm. that's why electric cars are taking off now, on, uh, only because of that. Uh, and then there is plastic. Plastic is also a very big problem, especially in, in some countries you see it everywhere. And um, there is no easy solution to that. Uh, the, the best solution is just to reuse, reuse as, as much as you can, uh, deploy delivery uh, businesses where everything is shipped in stainless steel reusable containers. Uh -huh. And delivery people come and just take the old containers, sterilize them and fill them with uh, uh, protective gas when they put, for example, if you put meat or or vegetables inside. You can put some nitrogen gas so that it doesn't spoil. Uh -huh. You can't do that as, a, as an individual because it requires big machinery, but they could do that at a central facility. And using re reusable single steel containers already exists, for example, in, uh, in, uh, in India. It's just a matter of scaling that and deploying that to other categories of, uh, of, of goods that we buy every day. Okay, 
That's that's interesting. So this seems like a multifaceted solution to get to to depollution, if you will. Yeah, to depollute, you must combine many different solutions. Our solution is uh -huh. heat pumps. Other companies have to do the other solutions, essentially. That's interesting. I'm sure at this point, people are wondering, how does this actually work? I mean... Okay. How does a heat pump work? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's really like taking water from downhill to uphill. Uh, let, let's say you have a bucket. If you lower it below the surface of the bottom lake, okay. you'll take water in. If you, if you then uh, grab it and drag it to the top of the mountain and over the, the top lake, uh -huh. you can pour the water in there. That's actually how energy is stored in, in, the, in the energy grid. Two dams in series connected by a pipe. When you need electricity, you let the pipe run down. When you store electricity, you turn up the, the engine as a motor and you push the water up. Okay. So it stores energy again. Here, it's exactly the same. You expand the gas. Okay. So when you expand the gas, it becomes colder. Uh, the heat, for example, from the outside will go in. Uh, let's say you have a heat pump uh, uh, in, in a house. A heat pump, uh, for example, in Asia, there are a lot of ACs, right, that uh, make the air cooler. And some of them are reversible. So they, okay. also make, they can also make your, your house hotter. Uh, if you look at your AC, sometimes you have heating and cooling modes. And those are really the two sides of the same coin. And you can... So, so expand the gas outside the house. Mm -hmm. It takes heat from the already cold air to make it even colder. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the gas goes into your house and you compress it. And it's like uh, drying a towel, right? Okay. Uh, you, you, you squish it and then the water comes out. So here is the same. You press and the heat will go out inside yeah. your house. Uh, so this is a simple way to do that. Now, instead of a house, we don't target houses. We target uh, steam boilers hot air generators for drying. They're a lot more, they're a lot hotter. Okay. Uh, typically 200 degrees Celsius or 400 degrees Fahrenheit, something like this. Uh -huh. um, so to the, it's the same principle, except we go much higher in temperature. And that's actually our core uh, value proposition, whereas the only heat pump to, that goes that high at this efficiency. Uh, there are very few heat pumps to go that high temperature, uh, even in labs. And we are doing one that not only does that, but does that at high efficiency. That's interesting. So basically a heat pump, by my understanding, and hopefully for the audiences, you transfer heat from a coldish sauce yeah. to a hot sauce, yeah. to yeah. a hot um, sink, if you exactly. will. But you need some energy to do that. Yeah, you need... Uh you need to, to supply a little bit of electricity. Electricity, okay, yeah. there you go. Um, in a way, another way to think about this, uh, you probably heard that a nuclear reactor is very inefficient. Uh, mm -hmm. It converts a lot of its energy to, to waste heat. You know, the, those big white clouds above nuclear reactors, they're, they're not pollution, they're, they're just water, but yeah. it's a lot of heat energy that has to be rejected. Okay. It's uh, about two thirds of the energy is rejected this way. And it's not a fatality. It's not like it's lost. It's just the transformation in one direction, and then you have to invert it. Uh, you can actually invert it. Uh, so a heat pump is a heat engine in reverse, really. Okay. Um, instead of transforming heat to electricity and lower temperature heat, like, okay. a, like a generator, you do the opposite. You take low temperature heat and electricity and remake high temperature heat with it. Fascinating. Yeah. Heat pumps, heat engines. Okay. All right. What direction of conversion or transfer is more efficient? Is it heat to electricity or electricity to heat? 
So that's a, that's a good question. Actually, in our case, we can do both, and they're both quite efficient. It's all a matter of, do you make things irreversible? You know, for example, uh, there was this great movie called uh, uh, Mr. Nobody. And at the beginning of the movie, they have a whole... Uh, with, with Bob Odenk Odenkirk or something like it's that? Uh, it's uh, with Jared Leto. I don't know if Jared you've Leto, okay. Yeah. Mr. Nobody. Uh, okay. It's basically the three possible lives of a kid whose parents okay. are getting divorced. And he's basically living all those three lives in parallel uh, okay. in the movies. And all the scenes are thrown together. And they have some kind of thing going on about time and irreversibility. Okay. And so at first, the kid says, OK, if you put ketchup in your mashed potatoes and you mix them, you can't unmix them. It's forever. Uh -huh. It's a way to, to explain what entropy is. Yes. When you make chaos, you have to spend uh, to create more chaos elsewhere to unmake the chaos you've made. True. Um, this, this is a very broad topic. It's, it's very profound, actually. We, we could talk for hours about entropy. It's, uh, it's kind of the driving force of the universe. Uh, and when we transform energy in our engines, we try to create as little entropy as possible, to create as little uh, irreversibility as possible, so that everything that we make can be, unmake, uh, can be unmade. Fantastic. I want to ask a slightly more technical question. Mm -hmm. um, you say, or I've heard you say that this relies on the Ericsson cycle. Yeah. Right? Which my understanding is the difference between an Ericsson, the Ericsson cycle and the Stirling cycle mm -hmm. is the isobaric versus isovolumetric. So how does the constant pressure replacement of the, of the constant volume yeah. uh, parts of the cycle make the, your heat pump better? Yeah, so this is a very specific uh, side of our cycle. It's really... So in a Stirling engine, you compress the gas inside a hot cylinder. Um, then it becomes hotter, you extract the heat, and then you push that gas, which is in our case it's helium, to the cold side, to the cold cylinder. And when it goes there, it goes through a tiny tube, uh, which is called a regenerator. Okay. And the regenerator, think of it uh, as if you go into a nightclub for, in the winter, uh, you leave all your coats as a coat room, and then you go dance. When you come back, uh, you take your coat back and you go outside to the cold. Okay. Here it's kind of the same. The, the gas comes in and leaves its heat at the door, okay. going into the cold side. Then when it comes back from the cold side, it will take that heat back from the walls. Actually, our nose does exactly that. In cold winter, uh, when we breathe in, inside our body is warm. And then when the air comes out, it's already colder because our nose is not at uh, 37 degrees Celsius. It's colder. Uh, so it, it, it acts also acts as a little bit of a re regenerator, with, which helps us not lose too much heat in the winter. Uh, and so, and then on the cold side, so you compress the gas and you extract the heat, and then you ship the gas to the hot side, and you, ex uh, yes, sorry, you compress on the hot side, expand on the cold side. That's the heat pump cycle. Um, and so the difference between uh, Stirling and Ericsson, in Stirling, both cylinders have the same size. Because the gas is colder, it has less pressure on the cold side. Okay. Uh, the advantage of having the same size of cylinder is that basically your, the movements of your pistons are the same, so you can have uh, mm -hmm. counteracting pistons, stuff like this. The advantage of the Ericsson cycle is that when you transfer the gas to the cold side, um, because it's isobaric, there is no change in pressure. So there is no heating or cooling during transfer. Okay. So you don't have those parasitic um, entropy creation moments where uh, every time you compress or expand the gas, it will try to heat and cool down. In our case, we do this thing called isothermal, fast isothermal, fast near isothermal gas compression. 
so we compress the gas and we extract the heat so fast it doesn't have time to heat up the gas by more than 20 degrees Celsius okay. instead of 300 normally. Um, and this is also why it's more efficient. Thermodynamics says that when you transfer energy from between two bodies, for example, if I take this bottle and my hand is warmer, if my hand were 300 degrees, right, super hot, okay. then I would create a lot of entropy. Uh, yeah. um, uh, like the, the amount of entropy per unit of energy I transfer would be higher. And so here, because the gas is almost the same temperature as the walls, I don't create any entropy, almost none. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of the core of what we do. And so if the gas strays away from that temperature too far and too often, it will create entropy. So during transfer, if you expand because you go into the same volume and it's lower pressure, you'll make the gas colder. So heat transfer and... Um, a little bit of, uh, of uh, irreversibility there. Is that what makes it uh, very efficient, the the fast? Yeah, fast near isothermal compression. Yeah. Uh, this is our core technology. This is why it's, this is the biggest reason why it's efficient. Okay, so that fast, that's fast uh, iso isothermal compression yeah. uh, ensures that you are on pretty much close to isentropy? Uh, yeah. Uh, Isothermal or adiabatic are two ways to achieve uh, isentropy. Yeah. Isentropy is, uh, yeah, no loss. Okay, this has become very technical. So <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if, if you were lost there, this, this is a lot of thermodynamics right there. Okay, moving on. Mm. Uh, in terms of decarbonizing the planet and making power plants efficient, making power plants less polluting, Energy, we know energy cannot be created or destroyed. Energy can only be converted, mm. right? Or it can be generated from one form into another. How can the, how do you think power plants, um, how, do, how can they help use, help us use some of the heat that has been lost mm. for, you know, for home usage, for outdoor usage, camping, things like that? How, how do you think that, that, that could work? Um, actually, what you're mentioning is something that's been used extensively in uh, uh, former Soviet Union countries and Nordic countries, which is combined heat and power plants. Um, it's typically where you have a gas-fired or coal-fired nuclear power plant, and then the waste heat, instead of being vented to the atmosphere, is used to heat up the houses. Okay. That's called district heating as well, is when you have a lot of pipes transporting the heat. Uh, that actually works. Now, if we really want to do something about uh, power plants that are inefficient, um, I think the best way would be to, to try to find a way to make it uh, renewable. For example, uh, there, there are those fun facts. Um, a, a large part of the electricity in uh, Indonesia comes from geothermal. So mm. instead of gas or coal, they just use geothermal energy. That works. Um, there is a company called Quaze, which tries to drill big boreholes with, uh, with a very fancy uh, microwave drill to get deep enough to get very high temperature steam out of the ground and, and make some kind of dependable energy. The problem here is that solar and wind are great and they're actually renewable, but they weren't when they please. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Um, if you look at the data, which is open source in France, of when is solar and wind working, operating in France, you'll see that Sometimes sun and wind die together. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I say die, I, I, I say they produce much less energy than they should, sometimes half, sometimes one third. 
and that can last for two weeks. Okay. And then one more week, a little bit later. So if you model all of that together, you see that just like we have, just like we have granaries, you know, mm -hmm. to store uh, grain over to the winter, we, ha we need to have some granaries for energy. So some very, very long-term battery okay. to compensate for this long-term variability of solar and wind. Mm -hmm. And today, to do that, we use natural gas reserves. Um, if you take all the short-term reserves of natural gas in the U.S. Um, that are immediately accessible, no matter what, even world war happens, they still have those reserves. They could last four months of electricity production. So that's how long fossil fuels can stay online just wow. based on the reserves uh, immediately accessible to a country. Um, and if we want to replace coal, gas, and nuclear by renewables, we need to have the same kind of, uh, of autonomy, same kind of range. And no battery today can do that. Uh, there is only wow. one which is uh, hydrogen in underground caverns. Um, and this can only happen in some places. Japan has zero salt caverns. Uh -huh. China only has them on 5% of its territory. Even the US, we, ha we have them in many places, but not everywhere. And the US grid is notorious for not being that well interconnected. Uh -huh. So being able to store anywhere would be great. Why, why, why the hydrogen, you said hydrogen tanks or something? Hydrogen in salt caverns. Okay. Underground geological formations. Why are they, oh, okay, that's where they are. That's, that's where you get them from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, that's yeah, the source. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the dangers because a lot has been said about hydrogen yeah. and how hydrogen can be used to power cars and maybe even other, other things that we use. Mm. But is there a reason why we don't have that around right now? So... It turns out that lithium-ion was faster to scale than hydrogen. Um, about hydrogen, what I believe now is that there is a lot, th there is a lot of pressure in Europe, for example, to make hydrogen happen. Mm -hmm. also, also in the US, uh, we have that too. It's, it's several things, really. It's f first, hydrogen would, can be made in a renewable way. So if you build a hydrogen pipeline, you have a guarantee that you will be able to operate it forever, essentially. Um, at the same time, there are ways to make hydrogen from hydrocarbons. And this is actually great for the oil and gas industry because you can make... But there are two ways to make hydrogen from hydrocarbons. Uh, one is the polluting existing way, which uh, makes a lot of CO2 when you split methane into CO2 and hydrogen. But there is a way called uh, pyrolysis or plasmalysis, where you separate it into solid carbon okay. and hydrogen without oh. oxygen. That's very special, and you re it requires either very high temperatures or some help, for example, from plasmas or something else. I actually have a friend who does just that. Um, uh, his comp company name is called Spark. Uh, he's, he's, he's also yeah, his team is also from Paris, uh -huh. and um, that would be great for oil and gas because suddenly they would make decarbonized hydrogen from from uh, uh, from just natural gas with less primary energy demand than electrolysis, and that's their goal which is why they're subsidizing this. They know eventually they could get away with it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not essentially a bad thing because once you have the hydrogen pipelines, then when natural gas do run, uh, does run out, uh, you can always replace by electro electrolyzers and then you are sustainable. And for all the time when you did this plasmalysis thing, well, okay, it wasn't renewable, but uh, you don't create CO2. Uh, and there is also a last difference between hydrogen and ammonia, uh, uh, hydrogen and uh, <laughs> methane, sorry. Methane is a very potent greenhouse gas. Yeah, huh. and hydrogen isn't. So that's so, also a good thing. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot there. 
you mentioned having your friend in Paris who also is doing something in the same space. Mm. I wonder, there are a lot of hardware, you know, companies outside of the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> More outside of the U.S. than within the U.S. if you compare hardware to software, mm. for example. Mm. And I, I've always found that to be very fascinating. All right. So at this point, I, I would like you to tell the people, you know, how they can support the mission, mm. how they can find you. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah. So our mission really is to decarbonize the planet and then eventually do something about uh, other kinds of waste. That's why we're here. We're here for the long term. Uh, there is no planet B, despite what uh, Elon can say with Mars. You know, the, well, <laughs> what I like to say about going to Mars. Okay, you go there to is Mars. No, there is no planet B. Yeah, you go to Mars, you go to Titan. Okay, uh, maybe Europe, U Europa is a satellite of, uh, of, of one of the other planets. Mm -hmm. And then what? You go to another star? <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, it's kind of far away. So you, want, you prefer us to fix Earth exactly. than to try to go to Mars? Yeah, we only have one planet that we can okay. actually do something about at large scale. And, uh, and essentially time is running out. You know, um, last very big extinction of uh, species was the Permian extinction 250 million years ago. Uh, okay. Trilobits died, 95% of all marine life died. Uh -huh. um, it took millions of years to recover. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that scientists will be able to fix biodiversity just by genetic engineering. I, uh, I just don't buy it. So once we finish sowing the branch on which we seeded, eventually things might get tough. And okay. tough in a way that will be very, very hard to fix. So that's what I want to avoid, and the time for that is now. Um, so to, uh, we are Airtium, uh, A-I-R-T-H-I-U-M, like yeah. air and lithium, but without the Li. Uh -huh. um, and we, we have a current campaign on WeFunder. Uh, it's a crowd, equity crowdfunding platform. Um, so anybody can invest. Um, and the campaign is live now. That's the best way to support us, essentially. Uh, then you can also talk about us to your friends. Uh, we are also looking for clients, uh, essentially factory owners who would like to decarbonize what they're building, to make steam without burning natural gas, to reduce their CO2 emissions, especially uh, essentially scope one, uh, but also scope two and three, because we, we do that as well. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that's about it. Fantastic. Um, thank you, Andre, for being here thank today. You, David. This was a very interesting, insightful discussion. Um, Again, this is Andre Kloschko, co-founder and CEO of Ethium. Ethium has developed a very innovative heat pump technology that is reversible and is the future, especially if we want to fix Earth instead of going to Mars. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like he said. All right. This has been another episode of the Hard Tech Podcast. I'll see you all on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share this video. Also subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so that you see more videos like this.